The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning and welcome back to hour number two of today's Thursday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this December the 9th. Thank you for tuning in. If you're listening on the AM side at 1490, whether you're on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which is found on ESPNTucson.com, I do appreciate you tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show as we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. And we have uh, spoken about the local things going on talked a lot about wildcat basketball in hour number one we're going to continue some basketball talk with some nba we'll transition into some nfl as my promise to you every single day here on the jeff dean show we will be talking nfl giving you news insight and opinions in the world of the biggest league in the world um also the podcast available uh, the podcast numbers have been really good i thank you guys for that i i, I mean i can't tell you how much i appreciate that that's uh that's shows that you guys are you know invested in listening to the show if you miss some things that uh that you're enjoying listening at your leisure and i, I mean i couldn't be more thankful um for your dedication and in, uh, in listening and checking out the show there which you can of course find the podcast it's on all the places you get your podcast whether it's tune in or stitcher or the amazon uh, uh podcast store or apple or uh, Audible or any of those where you find your podcast, that's where you can find the Jeff Dean Show, and uh, we thank you for that. We'll continue to try to churn out as best a product as we possibly can here. Uh, looking, you know, was watching the, watching the association last night, having some fun, kind of just checking out scores. Uh, I was on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I noticed that um, the uh, it was the the Utah Minnesota game was tied at halftime, and I'm like, well, this is odd. Like, like, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird. I mean, you know, Minnesota's not terrible, but I have, I think, very highly of Utah Jazz. I think, I think they're a really good basketball team. Rudy Gobert is one of the best at his position, if not the best at his position. And I do love watching Donovan Mitchell play. He can take over a game, as I mentioned. He's he and Benedict Matherin reminds me so much of Donovan Mitchell, except that Ben is five inches taller than uh, than Donovan is. Love that team. I love their. Uh, I, I like their bench. I, they're just they, they're just a really good team. I still think the the Suns would would run over them in a series, but uh, I do like the Utah Jazz. And I was watching that, and I think the Jazz were favored by seven, kind of going into that game. And I saw it, it was tied at halftime, or a one point game at halftime. Jazz had a one point lead. I'm like, mm, all right. And they the line in the game had moved to like minus two or minus three, and I was like, well, that's a gift. Okay, I'll jump on that one. I jumped on that, and Utah outscored the Timberwolves by was it thirty-one in the second half, something like that. I was like, "Yay, I get to cash a ticket today," because the parlay that I had earlier had not worked out. Uh, Sacramento and Orlando got into a uh, shooting contest. That was interesting. Both teams. Shot 97 field goal attempts, and both teams had the same amount of three-point field goal attempts. Sacramento wins that game 142-130. to 130. Always fun to see that. The Denver Nuggets went on the road and beat the Pelicans 120-114. to 114. Nikolo Jokic just continues to put up astounding numbers. Last night, 39 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists, 
and it's moving his numbers, obviously, in a positive direction. You know, the reigning NBA MVP, who had a phenomenal season last year, uh, this year looking, if, if not as good, even better than what he did last year. He's currently fifth in scoring, probably about to be fourth, because DeMar DeRozan, who's right ahead of him by one-tenth of a point, uh, is, uh, is injured right now at 26 and, uh, 26.3 points per game. He's 12th in the league in assists. He's second in the league in rebounding, his highest uh, by far rebounding mark that he's ever had this early in the season. So I decided to take a look. I'm like, what, what are some of the what, – what's the, MV, you know, the MVP candidacy look like? So I went to Basketball Reference. If, if, if you don't use the reference sites, like if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say pro football reference or basketball reference or something like that, like – Get on board, man, because, like, the reference sites are absolutely amazing. Like, they're, they're a must-have for any sport fan, and you don't, they're free. You don't have to pay for them. They are phenomenal. So I went to Basketball Reference, and they put together just a litany of statistics, and they have, like, this algorithm that figures out a probability for league MVP candidacy and all this other kind of stuff. And it's, I mean, I'm telling you, it, it is, like, spot on. Like, you look at that, and you're like, yeah, I totally agree with your list. Like, your list is perfect. Here's what their list looks like right now. Number one, they have Steph Curry. Cannot argue with that. He's got the, you know, the winningest team in the NBA. He's, you know, second in the league in scoring. He is going to break a record of, you know, a longstanding three-point record this year. You know, and, and his probability is 34.7%. You can't deny that. He's the best player on the best team in the league. Hard to deny that. They then have Nikola Jokic as second. Okay? Team is 512 and 12, but his numbers are sick. Like, he's just, his numbers are just outrageous. 26.5 points per game, 13.5 rebounds a game, 7 assists. And he's improved his defense this year as well, which is helping his case. Third on the list is Giannis. Fourth on the list is Kevin Durant, who's leading the league in scoring. Okay, understandable right there. Uh, the and the Nets are seventeen and eight. Number five on the list is Chris Paul. Chris Paul, I mean, you know, having a good season, fourteen and a half points. He's leading the league in assists at ten. Uh, he's shooting the ball extremely well this year. He's shooting, for, I think, forty nine, forty eight percent from the field this year. So not bad for him. Um, Certainly, an MVP candidate. They, they, you know, their their probability percentage says seven percent. Then Rudy Gobert, who I think is the best center in the league, sitting at six. Then they have James Harden at seventh. You know, James is always going to put up a ton of numbers. Uh, he's averaging, I think he's averaging. You know, do they have it here? Five turnovers per game, which is leading the league uh, in turnovers. So, congratulations there. Then Jimmy Butler, who's having some injury issues right now in Miami, at eighth. And then sitting at number nine right now, at number nine in basketball reference, MVP tracker in the NBA with a probability of 2.1% to win the NBA's MVP award, DeAndre Ayton. 16 points per game, 11.1 rebounds per game. He's also averaging a couple of assists. He's averaging just under one block and one steal per game. Shooting percentage is 61.5%. And the way that he's been playing, depending on, you know, the, the amount of games played, game started, you know, the minutes played and all that kind of stuff, all those metrics are worked in right now. But right now, 
The Phoenix Suns have two candidates on the MVP list. And again, Basketball Reference does a phenomenal job of putting these metrics together and having their algorithm trying to figure out what the probability is of these players winning. It's hard to deny the top four guys, Steph, Joker, Giannis, and KD. But then you start looking at the other ones, you're like, okay, these, these are guys that are having a huge impact on the league this year and their team. And DeAndre Ayton is number nine in the entire league. Number nine uh, as far as probability of winning the MVP. Now, I don't think there's any chance he wins it because if DeAndre is having big games, if he's scoring, you know, 26 and grabbing 14 and stuff like that, a lot of that is because CP3 is setting him up and CP3 probably going to increase his assist numbers. And when DeAndre scores and teams start collapsing, it just makes things easier for the mid-range game with Booker and CP3 as well. So I don't think that DeAndre has much of a chance of winning an MVP, not as long as, as uh, Chris Paul is there, because Chris Paul is going to get the benefit of, of, those, of those numbers. But I think it's a, it's a nice feather in the cap, not just to the Phoenix Suns, but also DeAndre Ayton and how hard he's worked. And the, the league is recognizing just how good he is at his position. I mean, you talk about the best centers in the league right now, Jokic, Gobert, and DeAndre Ayton is right there with him. So uh, very, very impressive. And I, I, was, I was like, oh, let's go let's take a look here. And I look, and I'm like, number nine, DeAndre Ayton, holy smokes. And then you look at his numbers compared to the rest of the league as far as, like, minutes played, defensive efficiency, scoring, rebounding, all that kind of stuff. You're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm buying it. So the young man has worked hard, and I, I just couldn't be more, more happy for him. You know, again, I got to spend that whole year uh, with him and I was traveling with the team that year because I was doing uh, color radio alongside Brian Jeffries, which is uh, it's like the dream of my life. It was amazing uh, to do that for three seasons. And getting to see how DeAndre approached the game of basketball, look, <laughs> I, I always remember this story. Sean Rooks told this story. Rest in peace, Wookie, one of my favorite people ever. Sean Rooks told this story about when they played LSU and Shaq, came to the McHale Center, and they played LSU, and, and it was a good game. LSU ended up, uh, you know, Shaq had a, had a big game in, in the game. And Sean tells the story like <laughs> the entire game, all he was saying was, all he would say is, I'm the number one pick. I'm the number one draft pick. I'm the number one NBA pick. I'm going to be the number one NBA pick. That's all he said. And Wookie said, I wanted to punch him in the face. I just told him, would you please shut up? Because all up and down the floor, every time he posted up, he'd hit Wookie with an elbow in the sternum and go up and dunk the ball and be like, I'm the number one pick. And it was all day long. And this is, this is the mentality of a lot of players in college, freshmen, they're 18 years old, 18, 19 years old sometimes, that know they're going to be a top five lottery pick in the NBA. And at many times, couldn't give a rip about playing collegiate basketball. They're just there because they have to, because they weren't allowed to jump to the league straight from high school. And I had, I, look, I had conversations with Sean Miller. We talked about Lowry Markin, and we talked about DeAndre Ayton, and we talked about how they didn't need to be in college. Like, there's no reason to be here. He should be playing in the NBA right now. Look at, look at that guy. <laughs> I mean, he should be in the NBA, getting paid millions of dollars to do this. But he's here. And in many cases, and we've seen plenty of times, Players like that have very little impact in the game. I mean, I, I always talk uh, I always talk with Texas. Anytime I find a Texas Longhorns fan, I'm like, are you a basketball fan? 
uh, Texas Longhorns basketball fan or just football? And I go, oh, no, I'm a basketball fan too. I'm like, tell me about the, um, and I can't remember, the, you know, I just tell me about the tournament when, uh, when Kevin Durant was a freshman and they just going to be looking at me like, like, you don't even bring that up. Because as everybody knew that, that Kevin Durant was going to be one of the top picks in, in, the, in the league uh, in the NBA draft that year, he didn't even bother to show up. I mean, he, he put, his, put, his, you know, put his gear on for the game, but didn't show up for that tournament game. Texas got blown out in the opening round, big upset, and off they go. He didn't want to play anymore. He was done. He didn't care about winning a national championship or helping his team have a deep run and, and having the camaraderie with his players and having a good time and a once-in-a-lifetime experience of chance of getting to a Final Four. Couldn't have cared less. That happens to a lot of players in college, a lot of freshmen who know they're going to be a top pick. There was no question. As the, the second that I saw DeAndre Ayton, the second that I saw him, I was like, that's your number one pick right there. If the guy can catch a basketball, he's the number one pick. <laughs> you know, and obviously he proved out to be he was the best player in the conference and swept all of the awards in the Pac-12, was the number one overall pick, and is now a, a candidate for an MVP. But watching him off the court and how he approached the game. You know, DeAndre took things very personally. I think he still does. Uh, he takes things personally. And as he matures, he'll, he'll kind of push personal issues to the side, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if he gets picked on. Or if, you know, I remember it, it, at, uh, at Stanford, I remember we were having breakfast. We're in Palo Alto. We're having breakfast. And DeAndre's sitting there reading through you know whatever he's on his phone looking at something and something he saw pissed him off like he he was like he was he put his phone down stopped eating grabbed the person grabbed the, the trainer and said we're going to go do a workout right now i need a workout and he left he went to go work out what he read was i can't remember if it was a, a local or a national guy basically saying that reed travis was going to have his way with DeAndre Ayton and blah, 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 and Stanford's going to win this game and yada, yada. And he just, he didn't like it. He was like, nope, not today. Now, in the end, Reed Travis, the uh, the very, very seasoned veteran, very strong player, uh, ended up did kind of had his way with DeAndre that night. But DeAndre played his butt off, and uh, he, he went in there with this, this chip on his shoulder that you like to see. You don't often see from a freshman who's going to be the number one pick of the draft. And he's carried that mentality into the NBA. He works so hard. And you talk to people around the Suns organization, and I know Monty Williams just absolutely loves him. And a lot is said about players going to DeAndre. You see the cameras catch players talking with DeAndre, grabbing him and, being, you know, they want to talk to him. They're saying things to him, whether it's Chris Paul or Devin Booker or if it's Monty Williams pulling him aside and giving him a coaching pep talk like we saw in the postseason last year, which is still one of the, the great, you know, pep talks that I think I've seen just impromptu right there on the bench uh, that I've seen. And a lot of people who don't understand what's happening in that moment make a big deal about it, like, oh, you know, he's getting yelled at again. He's getting yelled at again. He's not doing his job. What it is is he's they're, – they're trying to keep him from kind of slipping. If, if he has – you know, if he's missed a couple of shots and he's down on himself, it's like, look – you realize that you're the most important player in this team. We need you, so let's go. You know, I got you. We will pick you up, and we're going to win this damn thing. 
and that's those are usually the conversations that are had with DeAndre. It's not about yelling about his effort. It's not about saying that he was out of position. Because I mean, honestly, when you watch the Suns play, and if you watch if you watch other NBA games, I mean, if you only watch the Suns, you won't notice this. If you watch other teams and you watch the rest of the association and you watch the centers in the league, centers that aren't the three points, like you know, like Jokic and stuff like that, guys like Gobert and uh, Bam and you know players like that, no one gives as much effort. Maybe Gobert, but Gobert and, and DeAndre give by far the most effort on both sides, both ends of the court. They both run to their position on offense. Creating offense for their, you know, for their teammates. We talked about it after the Golden State game last week. Remember the rim run that DeAndre had that opened the jump shot up for Jay Crowder, which essentially buried the Golden State Warriors in that game in Phoenix on last Tuesday. And on defense, they work so hard. Like they, you know, they both expend so much energy playing defense, and that's why I love watching Gobert and DeAndre. I love watching them play against one another too. Like when Utah and the, and the Suns play, that's must-see TV to watch those two go at it because they both have such similar games. And I just, I, I'm just so happy for, uh, so happy for DeAndre that that uh, that he's having the season he's had. I wish that the Suns had had more more faith in him this off season to sign him to a max deal. I still don't know what the you know what the deal with that is. What's you know what's happening there? If it's affecting him mentally or not. It's a real damn shame that Robert Sarver didn't open up his checkbook and sign that check and sign that contract for DeAndre. I don't know whose fault it was. I got a pretty good idea. Um, but if you know if they're not careful, we talked about it. If they're not careful, DeAndre could say, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sign an extension at the end of this year because I'm gonna become a free agent and I'm gonna go somewhere where they, uh, you know, they respect my abilities and my skills." So. We will see how that continues, but uh, as for right now, Suns looking great, obviously. Very, very good uh, very good team, and um, DeAndre being considered as one of the top players in the NBA, and rightfully so. Speaking of the NBA, you can turn every Tuesday into payday with TNT Tuesdays exclusively on FanDuel Sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. FanDuel is giving all customers $10 back every Tuesday. All you have to do is bet $10 or more on a same-game parlay on any NBA game that appears on TNT that night. Same-game parlays are those SGPs that you see with the little logo there. You can combine all kinds of different uh, different markets and different props that you want in there, player props, point spread, money line, all kinds of fun market options that they have for you. If you have favorite players, you can root for them, and you can try to uh, you know will them into existence to hit four three-pointers in a game. You can bet small and win big. It just makes things so much more fun when you tease that up there, and especially when you get $10 back by betting the TNT games every Tuesday. And win or lose, again, you're guaranteed the $10 in your account, which is just awesome. I mean, it's it, FanDuel Sportsbook does a lot of giving back that way. Great promotions all the time, of course. And these are things that experienced users have already seen for themselves. But see for yourself. Sign up today. You'll find out why FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one sportsbook in America, the ease of use of their app, the fast payouts, and tons of promotions just like this one. Get $10 back every Tuesday, win or lose, with TNT Tuesdays. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook and you still haven't signed up yet, 
Use my promo code DEAN. You can get a $50 bonus with no deposit required to make every moment more this NBA season. But use my promo code DEAN to make sure that you get that promo exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over in President Arizona. Bonus is issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max bonus is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. When we return here on the Jeff Dean Show, week 14 of the NFL, a full preview of tonight's game and maybe some injury news and notes that you need to be aware of heading into this weekend's slate of games. Stay tuned right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. It's Thursday, which means Thursday night football. Every Thursday afternoon at the Native Grill and Wings in Marana, located on the southwest corner of Cotero and I-10. Download the Native Grill and Wings loyalty app. You get all kinds of promos and bonuses and kickbacks and all kinds of stuff. Check out the food and drink specials. Right there at the Native Grill and Wings in Marana, home of the original Arizona Wing. Thursday night football. Tonight, Steelers at Vikings. Go check it out. Now, speaking of week 14 in the NFL, we're going to get into some things here because uh, it's a big week. There are six games that feature teams that are 500 or better on the season. This not being one of them tonight, the Steelers 6-5-1 at the Vikings 5-7. But here's something that is I guess maybe news of note, if you will, um, if you're looking at spreads and things like that, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if if you if you're going to play that uh, play that line or not. Right now, the Vikings are favored by three in this game. Both of these teams, these teams are number one and number two in the league in playing one possession games. The Vikings are number one in the league in one possession games. Steelers are number two. So th- something maybe to think about there. Also, if you're looking at the injury, uh, uh, the injury report for this particular game, Joe Hayden, cornerback for the Steelers, he's not going to play. He's out. Um, I, you know, I don't know. You know, Ben Roethlisberger, he's got the bad pectoral muscle, the bad shoulder. Uh, Chase Claypool with his bad toe. Both were full participants yesterday in practice, so maybe not too much of a problem for there. Although, uh, you know. Ben, you can never tell from from week to week whether he's going to be throwing the ball with zip or whether it's going to have you know, he's going to be throwing floaters out there. So, um, well, you know, take take your own risk at that one. Just know that Adam Thielen, the star wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, he is not going to play. He is out. And the Vikings yesterday, when we thought that Dalvin Cook was not going to play, he got the bad shoulder when when he originally hurt himself two weeks ago. Uh, or when he originally got hurt, didn't hurt himself, but he originally hurt, got hurt two weeks ago. The early report was eh, four to six weeks with his shoulder and stuff. Now they kind of left the door open with this shoulder injury. Um, he was a limited participant on Tuesday and had even a few more reps yesterday in practice. So now maybe this is decoy kind of situation. I'm not exactly sure, but again, just so you know, he has practiced the last couple of days, so for you fantasy owners out there or for you folks jumping on FanDuel Sportsbook looking for uh, some some wagers for tonight's game, Dalvin Cook may play and may get some reps in the game tonight. 
So uh, when you you know when you look at that again, take it with all with a grain of salt because these two teams are going to play close games. Uh, it's a primetime game, and I believe by you know my last check of the of the statistics, I didn't look this one up uh, today, but I believe my by last look at the statistics. Kirk Cousins, quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, is 0-9 in his career in primetime games. So, again, this game in primetime, obviously, Thursday night football. He does not win big TV games. Never has. 0-9, looks terrible. And the one thing that I will counter that with is this team, this Minnesota Vikings team, is fighting for their lives right now. They're fighting for their coach. They're fighting for their playoff lives. They were just embarrassed, and I do mean embarrassed, against the Detroit Lions over the over the previous weekend. They had to take that plane trip home from Detroit to Minneapolis, and albeit as short as it was, it still stings to sit there and have to marinate in that loss. Thankfully for the Vikings, they get to get right back on the field on Thursday and try to get that, you know, get a win under their belt. So it's one of those situations where in the NFL over the last, I don't know, several years, I guess I want to say, maybe four or five years, it always seems, and it's really been prevalent this year, when a team has an embarrassing loss, whether they get blown out at home or they lose to a team that they were favored by nine or ten points against, when a team loses that game, they bounce back the week after and usually win that football game. It's happened a lot this season. Uh, it's a trend that some of the prognosticators have picked up on. So look for that to maybe be a case tonight as well in the Thursday night game. Again, it's going to be a close game. Not sure if Dalvin Cook is going to play. Not having Adam Thielen is certainly going to hurt. But it's not like the Steelers have been a model of consistency, especially on offense this season. Uh, Najee Harris, one of my favorite guys, uh, one of my favorite rookies in the league this year, continues to impress and play really well behind a horrible offensive line and uh, very, very little threat to throw the football downfield. Regardless of all that, he still continues to run the football pretty well. So um, I think it, I think it could be an interesting matchup. It's going to be a close game. I mean, we're talking like a 20-19, to 19-17 type game, you know, something like that. Now, I talked about this in the show Open – and I think there's some merit to it. There has been, there have been a, a lot of a lot of people who are normally very successful at picking games uh, over the years, guys that I have trusted and that I've read and I have subscribed to their services and things like that. Um, guys who have done really well, and all of them, except for one, they're really struggling this year. Like they're they're you know against the spread numbers are hovering right around 500 when they're usually a 65 to 70% winner they're usually very very good at uh, at picking the lines against the spread here's my theory on it the success rate of PATs this year is the lowest it has been since 1979 the we've seen certain weeks and last week was one of them where there were just tons of PATs missed the conversion percentage of PATs this season in the NFL as we head into week 14 is 92.5%, the lowest, as I mentioned, since 1979 when kickers only made 91.5% of their kicks. And it's been declining year to year ever since they implemented the new PAT uh, line of scrimmage into the, the 2015 season. 2014 PATs were converted at 99.3%. They were an also-ran. If you scored six, you knew you were going to get seven. Now, 
if you score six, you might think about going for two and getting that two. You know, the two-point conversion rate, I believe, right now is hovering right around 40%. So there's a 40% chance, a 60% chance you end up with just six, and it's affecting the final scores of games. It's not affecting the outcomes as much as it is affecting the scores of the games. Vegas and the lines makers, the odds makers, they're used to these, you know, seven numbers, the seven, the seven and a half, you know, those types of numbers. And those things are getting skewed because of the the PATs being missed at an all-time high this year. Last year was pretty bad, too. This year's way worse. Um, so I think that's affecting the success rate of the betters. This unknown. And we – look, I, I, last year, I don't remember. I didn't, I didn't write it down, obviously. We, how many scoregami games have we had in the NFL already this season? Like five? Like four or five? You would think with this many football games going on that all the scoregamis would be gone. There's been a, uh, an outcome with that score. You know, that happened 11 years ago or whatever. There's been like four or five scoregami games this year because of the high amount of PATs that are being missed and couple that with the fact that teams are spending a lot more money on analysts to come in and analyze probabilities of going for it on fourth down at this down and distance and going for two when you have this point advantage or this point differential. Things have changed drastically this year, and it's affecting how we pick games, how we, you know, how we look at betting games against the spread. So I think, honestly, like the rest of the year, I don't know if I'm going to play any point spreads right now just because until things settle down and the market adjusts themselves and maybe Vegas starts to adjust a little bit better, uh, <laughs> maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just be like, yeah, we're making tons of money right now. We're happy as hell. Um, I'm, I'm just going to continue to bet money lines and some other things uh, as opposed to betting the line because the missed PATs and the analytics are, are changing the game, changing the, the scores, the final scores of games. And I know, you know, against the spread for me has been a little bit more difficult this year as well. So uh, just a little theory that I had there. Maybe you share the same opinion with that. We have uh, some other look ahead at some of the big games. Dallas, the Chiefs, the Ravens and the Browns, the Niners are on the road, the Bills and Buccaneers big game, and, of course, the Monday night game. We have some injury updates for you on all those games coming up next right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. ESPN Tucson wants to remind you about the 51st annual Winter Street Fair taking place tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday, all three days over the weekend. It's the 4th Avenue Street Fair. It begins, it opens at... uh, 10 a.m. each of those three days. It goes till dusk, so roughly 5-ish, 5.30-ish. And they got something for everyone. There's uh, plenty of family activities. There's going to be some local entertainment. You can take care of holiday shopping from the merchants and the artists that are going to be set up there at the street fair. There's pl- uh, plenty of mouth-watering fair food and drinks. And even Santa himself will be at the 51st Annual Winter Street Fair. So head on down there. That's this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 10 a.m. till dusk right there on 4th Ave. For more, de- uh, for more information and details, you can go to ESPNTucson.com. Check it all out right there. All right, so a big week in the, in the NFL in Week 14. I want to get you through some injuries uh, situations here. 
Let's talk about the Cowboys and the Washington football team. Cowboys a four-point favorite heading into Washington. Washington fighting for their playoff lives. I'll have some picks actually in this game. I'm going to be doing some different types of picks tomorrow since there is no college football weekend slate for the Friday Five. So I'll have uh, a different type of set of picks. I'm probably just going to pick all six of the big, uh, the big games that are featured in this uh, in this week. Um, I might just uh, probably just do that. I already have the games that I kind of like the most, but we'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, so. Interesting note for Dallas, both running backs have been limited in practice this week. Tony Pollard um, was completely absent from practice yesterday. The team said that he's dealing with a foot injury, which could open up the door for Ezekiel Elliott to take on a little bit more of the lion's share of the carries. However, he's got that knee injury that he's been dealing with pretty much the last six or seven weeks of the season so it'll be interesting to see what the Cowboys do as far as running the football. Both tailbacks are banged up. And, uh, again, Tony Pollard was not in practice, not at practice yesterday. And today will be kind of like the final check to see if he practiced today or not. Keep an eye on that. Washington uh, has been missing a few players, most notably J.D. McKissick, one of their running backs. He's in concussion protocol. Landon Collins, uh, their very good safety, has been out with a foot injury. Uh, Jameen Davis uh, is also on concussion protocol, a linebacker for them. And, of course, we all, we all know about Chase Young. He's been having some issues. On the offensive side, Brandon Scherf, uh, their offensive guard, is dealing with a knee injury. And Curtis Samuel, the receiver for them, has a uh, groin injury. They were limited in practice yesterday. So both teams, again, look, it's, it's the NFL. Everybody's going to be a little banged up. It sounds like both of these teams are going to be missing some players in the secondary, though, or not in the backfield, the offensive backfield, uh, as three of the running backs on those uh, rosters that have had considerable amount of carries this year uh, were either limited or completely out of practice yesterday. The Raiders and the Chiefs, big AFC West matchup, maybe the last chance for the Raiders to try to get a win on the Chiefs to wrestle away that AFC Western title. If they want to try to claim that, the Raiders – been very inconsistent. Derek Carr continues to lead the league in passing, but they're not scoring a whole lot of points. Now, for the Raiders, Darren Waller um, with a knee injury and a back injury, he's been nursing a back injury kind of all season, opened up the year great and has really fallen back, uh, that back continuing to bother him. He was a non-participant on Wednesday. He most likely will not play this weekend. Uh, Kenyon Drake, another running back, listed on the uh, on the injury list for the Raiders um, but he's been moved to injured reserve I think that happened this morning if I want if I'm if I'm being correct with that one so uh, Kenyon Drake now on IR with the ankle injury so cross him off the list completely uh, they've had a little bit of of trouble on the defensive side of the ball but again uh, no real news of notes for the Raiders and the Chiefs not a whole lot to report there. Really, really short injury report for the Chiefs. In fact, when you look at the teams, if you look at the rankings of the teams who have had the fewest amount of starts missed this season, I think the Chiefs are number two in the NFL. They've been very hashtag blessed in the uh, in the injury department for this year in the uh, in the NFL, and they've uh, they've been healthy for the most part. So uh, the Chiefs continue that trend as they host the Raiders. They're nine and a half point favorites in that game. Uh, actually, that line just moved. I just looked at it on, on FanDuel Sportsbook. They're 8.5. So the line moved a little bit. I wonder if that's Vegas trying to get people 
off of the um, off of the uh, off of the Raiders. There, are people betting the Raiders a lot, so maybe they're trying to move people off of that bet. Uh, Ravens at Browns, slobber knocker matchup. I hope it's not as ugly as the last time these two teams played that sixteen to ten snooze fest that we had to endure a couple of weeks ago. Baltimore, b- both these teams have had a lot of injuries. I don't think any more, though, have been more damaging to the team than the guy who continues to play quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield has, ever since he threw that pick and tried to make that uh, that tackle, I was against the Titans, I think it was, and injured his shoulder badly in that game, um, has had shoulder and rib issues for the uh, for the for the Cleveland Browns. And in my opinion, is hurting the team by being out there trying to play Mr. Hero Ball as quarterback. They're not scoring any points. The offense isn't moving the ball. He's largely ineffective. Uh, and, and when any type of pressure gets around him, he starts to kind of crumble a little bit because he's, look, he, the guy's in pain. I don't know why they continue to march him out there. If I were Baker Mayfield and or the GM and or the head coach and or the doctors, I'd be like, look, we all need to talk about this. We trying to win games. This is the NFL. We're not trying to. We're not trying to give you any kind of statistics to build your free agent uh, uh, shopping list on. This is this is not working out. We gonna we're, we're you know we're gonna bench you. We're, we're putting you on the bench. You're hurting the team by going out there. I think that's the most significant injury for the Cleveland Browns right now. Um, tight end may be a unit that they may not have available to them basically at all. David Njoku was placed on the COVID-19 list earlier this week. Harrison Bryant uh, was out of practice yesterday. So the Browns may be on, like, their fourth-string tight end going up against the Ravens this weekend. That's not good. And defensively, things aren't great either. Malik Jackson and Jarvis Landry are both out. They were non-participants. Ronnie Harrison uh, was limited in practice yesterday. So they the, 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 the injuries are mounting in Cleveland and that's bad news uh, for the Browns. Now, on the opposite side of the ball, the Ravens have been one of the worst bitten teams of the injury bug all season long. Uh, Calais Campbell was out yesterday due to an illness. He was sick and unable to practice. Um, they're missing a ton of guys. Um, again, you know, with, with the Ravens, it's kind of just like it's always that next man up mentality. John Harbaugh always builds his rosters with players who can fill multiple spots. So when a, a tight end goes out, a guy that's on special teams that played tight end in college is able to step in and kind of do those kind of things. So I'm not too worried about the Ravens, uh, even though they've been bitten by the bug. They continue to win games. So, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, well, they seem to be doing all right. They seem to be managing it just fine. Um, 49ers and Bengals. 49ers a one-point favorite right now heading into Cincinnati. Debo Samuel. Uh, most likely will not play in this game. He said he was hoping he'll practice today. That's what Kyle Shanahan said, that he hopes Debo will practice today. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen there. Elijah Mitchell is in concussion protocol. He's also got a bad knee. They did not pra- He did not practice yesterday. Jeff Wilson, uh, Jeff Wilson, backup running back, he did not practice yesterday for the 49ers. They also lost Emmanuel Mosley, who hurt his ankle against the Seattle Seahawks. He most likely will not play. Dre Greenlaw, their linebacker, will not play this weekend. Fred Warner did return to practice after missing last week due to a hamstring, but it's a soft tissue injury. Those things can pop up at any time. If he's covering a tight end or, or a back out of the backfield and pulls that thing, he's going to be out again. So 
49ers right now just decimated by injury. Uh, I talked about it earlier in the week. As far as teams with the most starts missed by uh, because of injury this season, the 49ers are fourth highest on the list. They have been absolutely crushed by injury. Now, on the opposite side for Cincinnati, got to be looking at Joe Burrow. Hurt that right finger, looked to be in considerable pain, but continued to stay in there. The 49ers' pass rush has been daunting this year, and they're going to be gunning for him. Joe Mixon did not re, uh, did not uh, he didn't practice yesterday. He was sick. Uh, wide receiver T. Higgins did not practice either. So a couple of big names there for uh, for Cincinnati in this game. Joe Burrow was not limited in practice um, until until yesterday. I think he'll, I think he'll be limited today. Uh, but it sounds like he will practice trying to nurse that right pinky finger back. So something to look at there. Um, and then, you know, some of the other big games. And we'll, we'll get into, obviously, Rams and Cardinals, the big Monday night game coming up on uh, on Monday when we preview that game. All right, so that's a little breakdown of some of the bigger games that uh, people are going to be interested in this Sunday for Week 14 and, of course, tonight's game, Steelers at Vikings. We're going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. Final segment, today's edition, a Thursday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Covered quite a few topics today. Super excited about uh, where this Wildcat men's basketball team is headed. Uh, I mean, immediately heading to Champaign, Illinois over the weekend to take on the Illini. We'll have a full preview of that uh, that game for you tomorrow. Going to start doing some studying this afternoon and uh, put together a, a, you know what I think is would be a good game plan for the Wildcats and some of the things that we can expect. Also, I, I mean, I, I thought that yesterday's game was going to be a lower scoring game and a tighter game than uh, than the the odds makers had predicted. I think it was like sixteen and a half. I was like, yeah, maybe like a ten or a twelve point game. I just think that the style is going to play out that way. Uh, Wildcats said we don't. We don't give a damn about your style. We're going to go out there. We're going to score 90 points again. They did. They, they did. So it's 94 points against a team who likes to slow the pace down. They sped up Wyoming. You know, Wyoming scored 65 points in a losing effort, which is kind of pretty close to their season average this year. So, uh, look, this team is, just continues to impress. They continue to just absolutely railroad every team that they that gets in front of them outside of the Wichita State game. Wichita State really got physical with the Wildcats, and I think that's going to be kind of the, I, I guess, the book on Arizona for right now. But Arizona was able to fight back. I mean, they punched back in the game. They didn't lose, obviously. They were able to punch back in that game, be physical back with Wichita State, and they won that game in overtime by playing physical basketball. And I think Illinois is going to try to do the same thing. So we'll talk about that tomorrow, though. We'll have some other uh, interesting news and notes of the world in the uh, in the NFL. Obviously, compile some information today from the uh, from all of the uh, the beat writers and such in the NFL. Talk about practices and uh, and whatnot. Um, so we'll have some of that for you. Also, some more college football news may arise. We're still waiting to see if Oregon is going to hire a coach or if any names really come up. I, I haven't honestly. I haven't heard much. You know, I gave. I gave my names of, of, of guys that I thought would be uh, good options for Oregon yesterday. 
None of those names have come up. Um, I haven't really heard much, to be honest with you, so it'll be interesting to see what Oregon football does. i got to do something quick because early signing period and, uh, you know, team. here's the thing. Like, if you're if you're T. Tyrell and McMillan, T-Mac, of course, being pulled right now in two directions by Arizona and by Oregon, do you really want to go to a school that plays basketball the way Oregon's playing basketball right now? I mean, that's just pathetic. Or do you want to go to a, a school like Arizona that has a dominant, fun basketball team, 15,000 people at the McHale Center screaming and cheering? Just a lot better. Better every, everywhere around, really. Come to Tucson, T-Mac. That's what we're saying. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back in the studio for pushing all the buttons and keeping me on task here and keeping us on the air. And, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in right here to Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, the Jeff Dean Show. And I'll see you guys again tomorrow for a football Friday at 7 a.m. on 1490 a.m., 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.